the Apostle Frederick Kaluluma podcast channel. Apostle Frederick is the senior pastor of the City of the Lord Church, and he has been anointed by God with a message that will take you deeper in your walk with Christ. We have the mission to bring hope to the hopeless, and we seek to build a community of believers founded on faith and walking in love until the return of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, if you would like to officially join the City of the Lord Church and get access to pastoral care, counsel, and one-on-one sessions with the man of God, fill in the form in the link below the podcast description. Now, here comes today's powerful word. It is your word. So grab your Bibles, pens, and notepads as we join Apostle Frederick from the City of the Lord Church in Lusaka, Zambia. Be blessed. You've insisted. So someone was asked why God chose to make the man before the woman. So apparently it's because he didn't want any advice on how to do it. (laughs) Okay, Genesis chapter 4. Genesis 4. Let's look at verse. (laughs) Let's look at verse 3. Genesis 4 verse 3. Now today, for one of the first times, I'm actually teaching on partnership. eh? I haven't really... So if you are given a title, just title it the most amazing partnership sermon ever. by Apostle F to the R-E-D. Okay. Now, Genesis 4 from verse 3. We're discussing partnership today. For those who don't know what partnership is, we're talking about giving today. Very, very interesting. So now, And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering. But he did not respect Cain. And his offering. And Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. One of my leadership lessons, uh, if I was to be teaching on leadership, is the very next verse. The Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? And why has your countenance fallen? Uh If you do what's right, if you do well, will you not be accepted? Sometimes the solution is just doing the right thing. Yeah, if you had to be in good books with your leaders, just do the right thing. If you do well, will you not be accepted? But let's go back. So now, Cain and Abel both both brought an offering. Abel's offering was respected. Cain's offering was not respected. If you are to look at what they brought, Cain brought something from the ground, from verse 4. You notice it says... 
Cain brought an offering from the ground. But then for Abel, there's something specific. He brought the firstborn and of their fat. He brought something very special. Cain seemed to just bring something. And it seems as though one of the first things Adam and Eve ever taught their children was to bring offerings before God. And it's It's interesting to note that God was very observant of what they were giving. And he decided which offering he respected. As a matter of fact, look at what the Bible later records about this same offering. Hebrews 11 verse 4. The Bible says, By faith, Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that he was righteous. God testifying of his gifts and through it, he being dead still speaks. I want us to notice two things there. Three actually. Number one, Abel gave a better offering than Cain. And it's called a more excellent one. And it's interesting that the words used there are by faith. Now how does faith come? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So we can only imagine that perhaps Adam and Eve had taught their children what is right. Perhaps they had taught them to bring something worthwhile to God. I can only imagine that because faith comes from somewhere. And then interestingly, Abel offered something more excellent. And then through which he obtained witness that he was righteous. And then it says God testifying of his gifts. God gave a testimony about Abel's gifts. And then not only did God testify of them, it says through it he being dead still speaks. So Abel's offering had a voice. And Abel's offering still talks today. Thousands of years later. Wow. So God had respect for Abel's offering. And his offering outlived him. And God testifies of him. So I want us to look at what causes an offering to be respectable. I don't know if any of you wants your offering to be respected. Turn your neighbor and ask them that question. But then, I'm curious. Ask them what they think. Like, what causes an offering to be respectable? I'm giving you a minute to chat. Like, what do you think causes an offering to be respectable? Chat. Chat. What causes an offering to be respectable, in your view? What view is coming out this side? The heart. People like the heart. What, that's the second time I'm hearing the heart. What about it? What causes the offering to be respectable? The heart. 
Why the heart, guys? Why the heart? So many people are telling me the heart. What causes an offering to be respectable? Faith? The heart? The heart? This side? The heart? <laughs> yes? The sacrifice? Okay. That side? The best. Okay, I like that. <laughs> Interesting. This side, what causes an offering to be respectable? Anyone? Sorry? Are you all team the heart? <laughs> then you find it's not even one of my points today. <laughs> okay, the first one, obedience. Obedience. Um, I want to use fasting as an example. I've been asked before why we fast, you know, and I've heard all sorts of reasons how you become spiritually sensitive and ABCD, and a number of those reasons can be given from experience. Some of them are scriptural, some of them are, ex are from experience. But I remember telling somebody that for me, the biggest reason I fast is because the Bible says when you fast. So just the mere blessing, there's a, there's a blessing that comes just because you're doing something in obedience. There's a blessing that comes just through that. So the fact that we are commended to give scripturally and we choose to obey that command, that in itself is reason enough, even if there was no other reason. Just the obedience is reason enough. Remember in Luke 6.38, Jesus commends us. He says, give and it shall be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your bosom. For with the same measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And then in Isaiah 1.19, we are told, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. So there is something about being willing and obedient to follow biblical principles. And in essence, spiritual maturity is when you can start following principles without necessarily being pushed to do so. Let me tell you something. Um, when I was in my 12th grade, by then I'd stayed here in God. And I started feeling like my minimum offering on a Sunday should be a five quarter. I say feeling like that. And so like, however, I wouldn't necessarily plan a five quarter. I used to plan a two quarter, three quarter. <laughs> I was young. And then you know what would happen? When it's offering time, I would feel convicted. <laughs> Before I knew it, I'd given 10, 12, 15. And so I, I had a theory in my mind that to give an offering, God needs to tell you like what amount he wants you to give. That's what I thought. And then as time went by, I stopped hearing anything. I can count the number of times in the past few years when I've heard God speak to me about an offering. I once asked him why. And he told me, you've grown. At the end of the day, how you really know the Holy Spirit is having influence on your life is when you can do it on your own. Now imagine, because remember, the Holy Spirit is our teacher. Imagine the teacher always having come in to do the exercise for you. The reason they give you the example is so that they can come and you can do it on your own. And so what started happening to me now, now if I hear God speak to me about an offering, usually 
maybe he's stretching me to an amount I've not done before. Or maybe there is a specific portal that day that he wants me to just uh, take knowledge of, like just to take knowledge of. Or maybe there is something he wants me to sow into. Or maybe it's just testing my obedience. Like, have you ever gone to bed and then as you <laughs> and then you have a dream that you should go give that one that amount of money? And then you wake up and you go give that one that amount and you do it at zero four because you know by seven. <laughs> so I'm saying believers should come to a place where we can do things simply out of maturity. Simply out of maturity. And that's why I get concerned. I'll tell you this. I get concerned sometimes when I hear certain things. No, today I didn't even want to come to church. I just said, I'm not coming. Then the Holy Spirit told me I should come. Hey, you still need the Holy Spirit to tell you to come to church, my brother, my sister. Now, here's a challenge. I can understand once off moments. But do you know, have you ever heard the same thing from the same person? Almost every month, there's a day the Holy Spirit has to tell them, no, go to church. The next month again, no, go to church. That's, that's, those are signs of spiritual immaturity. Out, let me put it again. Anything that the Holy Spirit needs to keep emphasizing shows that you need to grow in that area. Anything that the Holy Spirit needs to keep emphasizing shows that you need to grow. If every day the Holy Spirit is telling you to forgive, then you may need to grow in the area of forgiveness deliberately on your own such that next time you go to him and say, hey, I did it on my own, right? Did you notice? <laughs> Why is the church quiet? This sounds so quiet. I almost think about when. <laughs> you know, when makes me laugh. Like when I'm going to the front, it's so loud. When I start teaching, like you can hear a pin drop, like it's <laughs> the only person who was screaming for me was Manu. But anyway, <laughs> no. But just for purposes of maturity, I would like you to write down for yourself. Can even cover so that your neighbor doesn't see. What are the areas the Holy Spirit emphasizes a lot to you? Write it down. Like the areas that someone may ask, "How do I know it's the Holy Spirit?" You just Maybe there's just this conviction. You've just been feeling like this relationship. Oh, the Holy Spirit is very honest. He talks about everything. He can even talk about that relationship as well. For example, you know that um, if you commune with the Spirit, you can tell this is not going anywhere. The Spirit of God is very honest. We just don't always see the signs or believe them. Worse off, if it's something to do with sin. If it's something to do with sin, you can feel in the spirit. If it's something to do with sin, that I'll change or I'll change him. You don't have the power to do that. And if that's your ministry in life, then tell us. Let us know as a church so that once you've changed that one, we can give you the next person to date. And change them. Just let us know. <laughs> we can have a ministry in the church. God date them to Christ. <laughs> no, but um, um, the area that the Spirit of God keeps emphasizing 
pay attention to it. The Holy Spirit wants to be very loud in your life if only you can pay attention. And you know, have you noticed something about the Spirit of God? Usually when you ignore him in one area, you will start struggling to hear him in other areas because he wants to be heard. Somebody say, Holy Spirit, you are free to speak to me about anything. Now, why am I emphasizing this? Because do you know that if you can hear the Holy Spirit correct you, you can hear him about almost every other area. And do you know something I noticed? Let me tell you something about how you can tell it's the voice of the Spirit. The Spirit of God always points you towards being more like Christ. The Holy Spirit does not inflate your ego. I'll say that again. You never hear the Holy Spirit saying, Iwe. Who do they think they are? Eh? The oh coming up, just go and write a status about them on Facebook. Just say, We won't say. Do you know who I am? That's usually not the Spirit of God. I remember one time something had happened, and I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna stand up for myself. My reputation is at stake. And then, you know what? You just take one step and you hear he made himself of no reputation. Like, uh, <laughs> I've read it before, yeah? I've seen it somewhere in the Bible. <laughs> but what I'm saying is that the Spirit of God rarely, actually, not even rarely, the Spirit of God doesn't inflate your ego. I'm not saying he'll let you be gullible. He will show you your worth and all that stuff. But he doesn't inflate your ego. He doesn't leave you at a place where you need to prove points to people. He doesn't do that. Notice Jesus who had so much communion with the Spirit would say things like, like Jesus didn't need the demons for him to know he was the Son of God. As a matter of fact, Jesus was not impressed by the testimony of demons. He would even tell people saying, look, I've got a testimony greater than testimonies of men. For him, the greatest testimony was the testimony of God. One of the most amazing things that ever happened to me uh, last year, as I was heading towards the next year, I dreamt that I was being given a report card and I was being told how I'd done that year. Like literally I was given a percentage, like this is how you've done this. <laughs> and do you know how that came about? Now I'm not saying you have the same dream, I've only had it once. <laughs> and I've been actively hearing God for not a very long time, just about 13 or so years. And <laughs> and practically every day. And uh, and do you know how that came about? I went before him and I said, okay, I'm doing appraisals for people and all that kind of stuff. Appraise me. Like, Show me, am I, am, like, am I being a good pastor? Am I being a good husband? Am I going, being a good Christian? And all that kind of stuff. I'm like, be free. Like, it's me. Talk to me. I would rather be judged now than judgment day. I don't know what to expect. <laughs> Can we go on? Have you learned something? So turn to your neighbor and tell them, the Holy Spirit is real. And tell them he wants to talk to you. So what's your role? Listen. Just listen. Someone is saying, how does he talk? For starters, he has a British accent. So he'll say, Frederick. <laughs> <laughs> so if the accent doesn't sound British, <laughs> then you'll know that. <laughs> and it's from the father's side. Okay, I'm just joking. <laughs> you know, Many times, it's, when you read the scriptures, you'll notice that the Spirit of God is very diverse. 
For example, notice the encounter Philip has. The Lord said, then an angel said, then the Spirit said. In the scriptures you hear, I saw, the word of the Lord came to me. We're not told how the word of the Lord came. Sometimes the Spirit of God communicates like a text message. Where you read it in your own voice. <laughs> Sometimes it's, it's, it's like something has dropped in your spirit. Where in half a second, you've just received an eternity of information. Sometimes he'll communicate through a dream. And you know what's funny about uh, interpretation of dreams? Sometimes only 5% of the dream is from God. 95% was you being dramatic. <laughs> no, who's ever, who's ever had that experience? Sometimes it feels as though like God dropped a message in your spirit and you couldn't hear it. And so your spirit then gives a message to you. But then your spirit knows that, oh, you know what drama. <laughs> so <laughs> there'll be this, there'll be this. You guys will find yourselves running. Before you know it, you're Spider-Man, you're this, you're that, you're that. And then 5% of it <laughs> is the actual message. <laughs> and for me, that's where the key is. You know, there are some dreams I almost rubbished because most of it was like popcorn. But there was that one part. And usually that's the part that remains on your heart. There was that one part. Some of the biggest things God has told me has come in some of the most dramatic and humorous of dreams. But anyways, God has a sense of humor. Peter was hungry and God said, kill and eat. <laughs> the others could have just said he was just hungry. Sometimes, uh, like in the area of intercession, I've noticed one thing God does sometimes. Uh, okay, should remind me, when we teach a bit more on the human spirit, you'll see the difference between the human spirit and the Holy Spirit because there are times a message can come from your human spirit. It says, who knows a man except the spirit of a man within him? Sometimes your spirit can communicate something to you. For example, there was a time in a dream, I knew this came from my spirit. Uh, I was communicated how I was supposed to diet over the next month. And it's because of how I hadn't been eating well over the previous period. And I was communicating, like, it's like the body gave a signal, like, look, if you don't change your diet right now, you have a challenge with ABCD. Because the spirit of, your spirit knows you. It says, who knows a man except the spirit of a man within him? Anyways, what was I saying? What was I saying? Guys, what was I saying? <laughs> On intercession, sometimes on intercession, you're <laughs> sometimes for you to intercede, especially when it comes to dreams, sometimes God will terrify you with a dream. Let me explain. Where in your dream, you have seen as if it's your sister, but it's really somebody else in the body of Christ God wants you to pray for as though it's your sister. But because God knows this one is attached to their sister, <laughs> in the dream you see as so it's hey, zero two, you're up. It's because of who you, if it was just some random person in the dream, you never said, oh Lord, help them and turn the other way. Sometimes intercession happens like that. <laughs> no, who's ever had that experience? 
Where, when you even call that sibling of yours, it's off. Prophecy completely off. <laughs> Nothing. But God just wanted an emphasis. Sometimes he wants you to pray for somebody else as though they were your sister. That's what he does. <laughs> and so anyways, no, before somebody goes out saying, I say the Holy Spirit has a British accent, let me... <laughs> The Holy Spirit can speak to you in Tonga. The Holy Spirit can speak to you in Nyanja, in Bemba. And it's not about how he sounds. It's about what he says. It's about what he says. It's always about the content. Someone may say, what if I'm not sure it's him? You can always ask. You can always ask, especially if it's something destiny related. You can always bring, we judge, we analyze. And one of the ways that you can tell when it's the Spirit of God that the Spirit of God has been communicating to someone is that the Spirit of God is very consistent. Let me tell you what I mean. We've had cases where perhaps someone comes to us and tells us that uh, God has told them that that lady is the one for them. Now, if they tell us that, that's okay because we'll pray about it. Can that happen? Yes, it can. Now, we'll follow scriptural principles. What's the scriptural principle? If she's willing. So if she's unwilling, there's no curse on her. No, there is no curse on her because she's unwilling. That's a scripture. Even salvation. If she, so that's a scripture principle. Now, let me, no, let me continue on this one. Now, if he goes to the lady and says, uh, I'm here to, you, to, to speak to you because God said, you're my wife. Now, at that point, what he has done is he's substituted game for prophecy. Now, what that means is that we'll now judge it as a prophecy. It's, it's been elevated to a higher level. We'll not use wisdom. We'll now use prophetic judgment. So we'll have to judge the word. Now, in judging the word, the first thing we'll look for is consistency. Has God ever spoken to you about another lady? Uh, have you... Is this the first time? That, no, I'm, <laughs> if at the end of the day, he's spoken to you about four, then there's a challenge. Then that's not the spirit of God. Then... <laughs> And then the ultimate question is, okay, let's wait for her to also hear. <laughs> if she's unwilling and she's also not heard, then it's God one-sided because that's also like a faithful believer. They speak in tongues. They lift their hands. So, anyways. What was I teaching about today? So, <laughs> partnership. Okay, partnership. <laughs> But ladies and gentlemen, we need the Holy Spirit. We need him more than ever. May I just mention one more thing that will help you hear his voice more clearly? Talk to him. Let me, let me put it like this. There are certain decisions that you should ask him even if you don't hear him talk back. You know why? You're sowing a seed of honor. You're sowing a seed that you honor his voice. Sometimes you may ask him over a decision and you don't hear him talk back. Perhaps he's saying, okay, use the wisdom I've given you. But what you're doing is that you're sowing a seed of honor such that the day he will need to speak to you about a decision, it won't be foreign to your spirit because you've been sowing a seed of honor through actively engaging him. So be very deliberate. Sometimes start the week and say, Holy Spirit, is there anything you want me to do this week? Is there anything particular you'd like me to do today? Is there anything particular? You're sowing a seed of honor in his voice. You're honoring his voice. You're honoring the fact that he speaks. You're honoring the fact that he communicates. And you'll notice as time goes by it will get better. The Holy Spirit is for everyone. Every believer. No believer receives the junior Holy Spirit. We all receive the same spirit. 
Praise God. Say, Holy Spirit, talk to me. I'm listening. And I'm willing to obey. Wow, imagine you say that every day. The Spirit of God speaks when he's honored. That's how he works. He speaks when he's honored. He, he loves environments where he's honored. So honor him. He will explain life to you. Some of the stuff he's taught me. <laughs> Some of the stuff he's taught me. I remember... I'm in third year. I'm seated in a class. It was industrial sociology. And I think that day we should have been learning on hygiene factors. And the lecture I took about five minutes before he came. And the Holy Spirit told me, now let me explain to you how pornography damages marriages. Very random, right? I didn't even have time to take notes. I remember, I remember what he said. And little did I know that later on I would be canceling a lot of marriages. By then I'd never even checked the statistics online that when you look at places like the US, it's been one of the biggest causes for divorces. Ask me in the next seminar, I'll explain why. Second principle is sacrifice. I'll explain why. Second principle is sacrifice. And anything that God speaks about. So for example, someone may be here and they're thinking, oh my goodness, I've had a challenge with this before. Perhaps I have a challenge with it now. Do you know that the moment God gives permission for it to be spoken about, it's because the solution has been given. And usually the solution starts with knowing that something is wrong. Because anything you defend is a friend. And God doesn't deliver you from friends. He delivers you from enemies. I would rather somebody comes to me and says, Pastor, I'm struggling with this. At least they're struggling. At least they're fighting. That's better. I would rather you're struggling with something than you're defending it. Today. <laughs> I've come with flames. <laughs> That's what the young ones call it, right? Okay. Sacrifice. God honors sacrifice. The first one was obedience. The second one is sacrifice. Psalm 118 verse 25 to 27. And then we'll read Psalm 126 verse 5. And then we'll read Luke 21 verse 1. So Psalm 118 verse 25 to 27. It says... Save now, I pray. So, look, they're praying right now. Oh, Lord, oh, Lord, I pray. Send now prosperity. So, in case you want prosperity, you're not the first one. They also wanted it. So, he said, send now prosperity. Some of you don't want it? Please, if you don't want it, pray for it for me, okay? I've got plans for it. Next verse. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. We have blessed you from the house of the Lord. Remember the prayer. Uh-huh. Next verse. God is the Lord and he has given us light. Now, what is light? If you've, if you've understood scriptural uh, meanings, you know that light usually refers to revelation. 
that the eyes of your heart being enlightened or being flooded with light. So light is revelation. So they are from praying for prosperity and then there is light that's given. And what's the light? Bind the sacrifice with cords to the horns of the altar. That shows you a scriptural relationship between giving and prosperity. But then the interesting thing that he says there is bind the sacrifice with cords to the to the horns of the altar. Now the sacrifices at this point were like cows and, and sheep and stuff like that. And what they were saying is that look, this sacrifice can try to run away. So you get it and you tie it like you bind it. Who's ever had a sacrifice from their pocket trying to run away? Like, <laughs> like you can find Walia. He is busy having plans to open a shop and, and, and all that kind of stuff. And then she realizes partnership Sunday is coming. Then the shop needs this. Just bound it to the altar. Sent the partnership in advance. <laughs> you can find that was the real reason. <laughs> Do you know how I bind mine? I usually, I usually e-wallet myself. Like I e-wallet, you know, like, and I haven't gotten the app, so I can't transfer from my e-wallet to my normal account. So for me to go withdraw from e-wallet, I have to go stand in a line. Me. <laughs> Can you imagine? Me of all people. I stand in a line. I start asking for the pin. And then such kind of stuff. So that's how I save my partnership. <laughs> I start sending it to... And then when it reaches a certain period, I go and withdraw it. At least I send someone. Me standing in a line. Can you imagine that? Like there's a senior pastor of the City of the Lord Church. At the back of the line. So you have to... <laughs> Someone even comes, I was here first. So you have to. <laughs> <There is, laughs> I do know these things are real. A few years ago, there's a wedding I went for. Not a few years ago, I think a year ago or something. I went for a wedding with my wife. Like a low-key wedding, you wouldn't know about it. And so it was time to collect the food. So we entered our line. Then being me, being me, someone recognized me. And I think it was someone very important, like, should have been the mother or father to the groom. So they came to, like, have a word with me. So I stepped out for half a second. <laughs> people were like, opportunity. The way I found myself behind, like, 25 people. Whether I stayed on the line or went out for dinner, I won't tell you. So now let's... Invite <laughs> <laughs> one of them was one of you. So let's, let's continue. <laughs> Psalm 126 verse 5 says, Those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. Now, I know God loves a cheerful giver, but who's ever had a giving which you've sown in tears? Like, 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 <laughs> Have you ever given and you feel space in your heart? <laughs> you feel like something is different. You just, <laughs> as in that day, you're just singing, we can't wait to see you. Like, Lord Jesus, just come back now. <laughs> just a little while longer. <laughs> Who's ever had those moments where you felt like a space? You felt, okay. <laughs> um, there, there are certain times where, uh, Sometimes when we teach giving, uh, in order not to sound too radical, we, we teach convenience. But look, anything that's important will at some point or another inconvenience you. 
Just ask every parent. They'll <laughs> I've I've got a feeling they've been financially inconvenienced before at least at least once or twice <laughs> in a day. So I was saying <laughs> anything anything that's important to you will financially inconvenience you at some point. There will have to be some form of sacrifice. Hey, Shanuko, we've stopped paying for this subscription. Hey, they keep hiking the fees. People still pay. <laughs> because they want to watch their team, which is not even signing any players. <laughs> their friends are busy signing. They're not signing. What? Anyways, <laughs> we'll be watching golf. <laughs> Wait, there are people who sit down and watch golf. Like in Zambia, like they watch the whole, the whole game, and the others watch cricket. Guys, cricket. Okay, tell me one cricket player you know. One, one cricket player you know. At least tennis, we all pretend we support someone. Like yeah, either Tim Lando or Federer, but you just watch the highlights, or, or Djokovic. Or but guys, tell me one cricket player you know. One, one cricket player you know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> don't don't mind me, guys. I'm just looking for a new sport. I've I've tried basketball. It comes very late, and then I don't know how a nice goal looks like in basketball. Like, how do I know that this was nice or this wasn't nice? When you're done. <laughs> Okay, Psalm 126 verse 5, like we say, those who sow in tears will reap in joy. Luke 21 verse 1, from the Amplified. The Bible says, looking up, Jesus saw rich people putting their gifts into the treasury. And he also saw a poor widow putting in two mites, that's copper coins. And he said, truly I say to you, this poor widow has put in more than all of them. For they all gave out of their abundance. Now notice the word in brackets, their surplus. But she has contributed out of her lack and her want, putting in all which she had on to live. Now what's interesting about this portion of scripture is that it means what the wealthy people were giving was not hurting them even a little bit because they were giving from surplus. It doesn't say, how can I put it? It's not suggesting that a person who's wealthy can't give a good gift. But then it's one thing um, it's one thing to just give really out of change money. Like you could have just bought a shawarma or it, it would have just been another day out or it would have just been you know, bundles. Or it was like whatever money. Who's ever had money which is just for whatever? <laughs> Guys, you know what I'm talking about. Like that... <laughs> Like that whatever money, like yeah. Whatever it goes to, it goes to. If if I use it, I use it. If it gets lost, you're not even you don't someone has to remind you that ah, you actually lost this amount of money. Like you never even noticed it was missing. Why are people why are people complaining? Yes. Where where your young cousin has to remind you, oh, you left that one pin of yours this side. Like, ah. Oh. (laughs) 
Or where someone comes back and says, I know here's the money you lent me. You're like, oh, I lent you money. That one, that's the one I'm talking about. That's the one that they were giving out of. And then the woman, so many times we use this verse and say, so just bring anything you have. No, bring the best. The woman brought her best. It wasn't just anything. It, it inconvenienced her to do this. And also Jesus was monitoring the offerings. Many have a habit of giving sparingly when they have a lot of money, simply because what they are giving is a lot to others. That's why each person according to their ability. Even the parable of the talents, each one was judged according to what God had given them. Another principle, let's be a bit quicker now. Am I talking to you or myself? myself. Let's be a bit quicker now. Cheerfulness. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 7. It's such, a, it's such an interesting paradox that in one in one, I'm telling you it should hurt you. In another one, you should be happy. So meaning there are moments where it's more sacrificial than others. And then there are moments where sacrificing becomes a joy. Let's go. So it says, let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. Let's look at the Amplified. Let, let each one give as he has made up in his own mind and purposed in his heart. Not reluctantly or sorrowfully or under compulsion. For God loves, he takes pleasure in, prizes above other things and is unwilling to abandon or to do without a cheerful, joyous prompt to do it giver. Whose heart is in, there, is in his giving? Have you ever met a prompt to do it person? Those who God doesn't need to finish the sentence. <laughs> I don't know if you're getting my point. Like God doesn't need to give them a long explanation. So here's why I want you to do this. Because if you do this, this will happen and then this will happen. No, they are prompt to do it. Say, I'm that prompt to do it person. The next one is planning. Planning. 2 Corinthians 9.5 from the Amplified. That is why I thought it necessary to urge these brethren to go to you before I do and make arrangements in advance for this bountiful promised gift of yours, so that it may be ready, not as an extortion, but as a generous and willing gift. Paul sent brethren, he sent budget group leaders, to go and speak to the rest, to plan. That way it was going to come ready. So planning also makes a, 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 an offering respectable. One of the things that really helped me was when I started planning my offering. So I... On a personal note, I plan my Wednesday offering, I plan my Sunday offering, and sometimes I put it aside in advance. It has helped me. So for example, if I'm not in, let's say there was that Sunday I wasn't here, right? I went to preach. I still make sure my offering comes because it's planned for. But I also gave offering that time. <laughs> if I am ministering at the Kitwe branch or at the Kasama branch, I will still make sure my Lusaka one comes. Because I'm not just the pastor here, I'm a member. And so the blessing of the house must also come on me. So that's something we must learn to do. Learn to plan it. Plan it. So as you're planning your finances, plan your offering as well. Because it's important. Deliberateness. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 7, let each one give as he has purposed in his heart. Next point, when you give out of revelation, 
And this revelation makes you work hard for it. Let me give you a verse. Second, First Chronicles 21 verse 22. First Chronicles 21 verse 22. Then David said to Oman, Grant me the place of this threshing floor, that I may build an altar on it to the Lord. You shall grant it to me at the full price, that the plague may be withdrawn from the people. If I was to do it by the way on this, I must mention, um, there are some of us, quite a number of us in church who do business, right? Right? And then there are some of us who may be aware um, of maybe somebody else in church doing business and stuff like that. Make it your pride and joy to get things at the full price. Let me say it again. Make it your pride and joy. If there's going to be a discount, let it come from the other person. But try your best to do things at the full price when it comes to your brethren. David went there and his intention was to pay the full price. Not somebody is, somebody is working hard. They're going all the way to Soweto to do whatever. And they're going at times when you're asleep. And then they come back and you're like, ah, wait. Church, add on. Add on. Don't reduce it. Turn to your neighbor and say, I promise to pay the bearer on demand. <laughs> you heard that somewhere, right? Tell another one saying, I promise to buy at full price. That's how we're supposed to do it. And please. I speak for many of them when I say this. That when you buy at full price, add the withdrawal fee. Okay, let's go to the scripture. <laughs> no, I'm, but I'm very serious about that. Try your best to do things at full price. Like, why should you hinder another person's progress? Someone should make a loss because of you. Far be it from you. And add the withdrawal First Chronicles 21 verse 23. When anyone asks, how do you know that... Um, yeah, when anyone asks, how do you know that I am doing... Um, how do you know that you're doing someone business with someone from the city? The answer should be, they always pay the full price. That's how I want it to be because that's, that's the culture I want us to have. Okay, verse 23. But Oman said to David, take it to yourself and let my lord the king do what is good in his eyes. Look, I also give you the oxen for burnt offerings, the threshing implements for wood, and the wheat for the grain offering. I give it all. Then King David said to Oman, no, but I will surely buy it for the full price. For I will not take what is of yours for the Lord, nor offer bent offerings with that which costs me nothing. David actually wanted it to cost him something. He says, I'm not going to just take it for free. And you know, it's a thought that I think I mentioned during a midweek service. Uh, one of the things that I appreciate I mentioned this thought during a midweek service. Let me just re-mention it because I think some of us took it as a funny comment, but I've been thinking about it. 
I told you guys how I had gone to one of the schools and somebody had heard about me. And I, when I asked them what they had heard, they had heard that I don't study. Angels come to tell me what will be in the exams. <laughs> and so out of like, as a joke, I said to myself, I receive. And then I realized something. That would totally mess me up. It would totally mess me up. Because I wouldn't be One of the things I find very easy to do now is to research. Why? School. What am I trying to say? Beyond the passing, there is something the studying is supposed to do to your mind. It's supposed to make you a critical thinker. It's supposed to make you analyze. It's supposed to make you think a certain way. Love studying. This section... And I know a lot of you are students. I don't know why you're not saying it then, so I'll say it again. Love studying. There's a sister somewhere this side who never Like, next time you're going to the book, say, look, books, I'm about to enjoy you. There's something you're doing to my brain. I know some of you, they give you outrage, like 450 slides in one night. Tell them, you're stretching my capacity. The same way I'm doing 450 slides. I'll be doing 450 transactions one day. <laughs> I don't know someone. <laughs> so love studying. It does something to you. Have you ever, like, maybe you knew someone before they started studying something, and then one year later you're speaking to them. Have you noticed even the way they talk changes? Because there's something the studying is doing to them. <laughs> Turn to your neighbor and say, the books are saying, you shall love me. <laughs> You haven't told them that. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Let's have the next one, the final two. So this is the penultimate one. Yeah, this is the penultimate one. I'm, I, I mean it. <laughs> honor. The aspect of honor. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 9. Can I read a message I just got? I rarely do this, but I found it interesting. Let me read it. So sacrifice. In 2015, I'm trying to read it in their voice, but it's not working. So in 2015, I got a loan. I bought land at the time worth 80000 With the balance, I tithed this loan and gave a gift to the man of God in my life at the time. You. Okay? Still, and, and we prayed over it. Later on, <laughs> there were issues with the land, and I never got the titles. I decided to forget about that land. Fast forward to January 2022. I got a call for the land I had forgotten. An offer of 300000 came in. And within a week, amount was paid in full. No titles needed. Because the former owner's son was buying. Upon receipt of funds, I remembered the initial prayers. Wow. <laughs> Amazing. Eh? So. Honor. The Bible says, by the way, that text came just now from one of you in the service. So, figured. Maybe the Spirit of God told you to do that. 
Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of your increase. Let me mention this. I'm not, I'm not, right now, I'm not teaching the principle of first fruits, but if I was teaching it, I would share how when you experience an increase in your life, um, it's very important to give a first fruit. But now, here's the part that sometimes is a bit of a challenge. Okay. You were, let's say you've passed through the COL way. You are a student. You are in your fourth year. And when you're in your fourth year, you set it upon your heart to partner with 100 kwacha every partnership Sunday. And you found a way to do it out of the allowance you are getting. And then you got an internship the moment you are done with school. And let's say you are getting three five in a month. And your partnership is 100 kwacha. And then you got confirmed and you are now getting 9.5 in a month. And your partnership is 120. <laughs> That's lack of honor. <laughs> That's lack of honor. And, and you know what's funny? It's like What's funny is that <laughs> usually <laughs> it takes a while if you're not careful, if you're not deliberate about it, it will take a while for your offering to catch up with your increase. You know why? Because money always finds what to do. And you know, money, money is very interesting. Money is very interesting. You can be, someone can be earning 1,000 kwacha a month and they always have money. And they are very faithful with everything. Then they start earning 25,000 kwacha a month. And within two months they are in debt. Because the money gave them bigger ideas. Money. <laughs> Who's ever noticed that about money? Money has got what? Money finds where to go. And, like have you ever touched an amount of money? You ne- that was your dream at some point. And then the moment you touch it, your plans... Like, let's say you told yourself, I need, if I can have a 150 pin in life. And then the day you touch 150 pin, you make a budget, and the budget is 325. <laughs> and before you know it, you start feeling like you're lacking 180,000. Not that you... No, who's ever been there? That's how money is. So if you don't deliberately increase your offerings when you have an increase in life, they'll remain like that. And honestly... It's di- I, I think it's disrespectful to God. It's important to honor him with your increase. Yeah. I thought this is the part where you're going to say, God, test me with like a one million. <laughs> like, <laughs> test me. <laughs> test me, I show you how I'll do it. <laughs> okay, finally. Finally for today. Um... Okay, finally for today. The amount. Now, the one for the, 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 the part for the heart, please, that's for you. Yes, please. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't in my notes, but yeah, yeah. God honors the heart. He loves the heart. Has a good heart, a nice heart. But today, let's look at the final point. The final point for today is the amount. One of the things that I'll mention is, you know, sometimes I've noticed that 
if we're not careful, we become afraid of big things. We become afraid of big things. The magnitude also matters. Now, I know someone will say, Pastor, we're at different stages of life. That's fine. But then you should start thinking big now. You know, you should start thinking big. As in, sometimes you should think, I can't wait until the partnership Sunday or I'll just drop it to 50. Like everyone is writing, I'm coming with a check. Like, like no, I, the money is too big <laughs> to hold just that. I even need a policeman. Like, I'll hire, I'll hire security that day just, just, just for, the, for the partnership I'm bringing. <laughs> like, no, for my partnership, Pastor Sade is, is a van outside being protected by a few people. When you give the go-ahead, we're about to go and deposit it. Like, we need to start thinking big. You can't always think small. Because the, 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 the sad part about thinking small is, is, remember what I said earlier on, the sad part about thinking small is that when you upgrade to the next level, it's difficult to catch up. Let's look at it. Acts 4 verse 35. And we're done. And laid them in. Okay, so people were selling land and they were bringing money. Now that's at a high level. Can you imagine how much money they were bringing? And said, and laid them at the apostles' feet and they distributed to each one as they had need. So people, at, at this stage, the people are just being God people. Next one. Verse 36. And Joseph, there was a certain guy who him, they didn't refer to him as people. <laughs> Somehow him, they removed him from the crowd. And Joseph, who was also named Barnabas by the apostles, translated son of consolation, a Levite of the country of Cyprus. Consolation or encouragement. Next verse. Having learned, sold it and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Why was he separated from the rest? What was, as in, when the guy gave, they gave him a name. They literally, they changed his name. I don't know, whatever that giving did. <laughs> whatever that giving did in the ministry. <laughs> They literally changed his name to Son of Consolation, as in they were encouraged when they saw the giving. Where, in case they thought the calling was not there, that day, all the encounters came back. <laughs> do you know that giving can do that? Sometimes the amount matters. And you know what's interesting is that many historians believe that this is the same Barnabas from Acts chapter 1. Now, if you've read Acts chapter 1, you'll notice that the, dis, the, uh, the, the 12 apostles had remained 11. Somewhere in verse 23 going down. And then they wanted to replace the other one. And I, I think the Holy Spirit had not yet come by then. So the, the method they decided, I'm not so sure how good that method was, but they decided they were going to pick lots. And they got two guys, Matthias and... Uh, the same gentleman. And like I said, many historians believe it's the same person. And when they got two lots, the lot fell on Matthias. Matthias became the 12th apostle. And then the gentleman wasn't chosen. And then he still comes back and just does it in dangerous giving. What am I trying to say? It's where your giving should not be impacted by happenings. Should not be impacted by happenings all around and all that kind of stuff. Or maybe that day the usher didn't greet you properly. <laughs> 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 
the instruments went another 10 kwacha out no it shouldn't be affected by all those things i'll give you this task study the giving solomon did before god came and asked him okay what do you want study the giving he did do you know that happened after he gave as in where they would number 1,000 sheep, this, 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 this. Study what he gave before God came. Okay, fine. What do you want? Praise God. How many of you have learned something today? Okay, so we'll be closing now. And my task today is simple. I was just given an exhortation before we collect the offering. And we're going to give our offering. And then... I want to give a blessing. When you read Ezekiel 44 verse 30, it says the best of any fruits, any first fruits of any kind, every sacrifice of any kind of your sacrifices. Now, the context is different, but get it? It says shall be the priests. Also, you shall give to the priests the first of your ground meal. Now, it says to cause a blessing to rest on your house. Now, the reason I've, I've quoted this scripture is because uh, one of my tasks which God even reprimanded me to be taken very seriously is the task of blessing and so after we do the offerings i want to speak a special blessing and today i want to speak it in line with finances scripturally when people were blessed something happened to their finances as well so before we give uh, our offerings i also want us to write down some of our financial requests to god write them down which areas we've been and notice it doesn't have to be just needs, it can be a want I want us to write down at least 4 or 5 requests which I will bless can I please have my 3 envelopes one which is mine, the one which is for my wife the one for my daughter Apparently, mine is failing to close. <laughs> Wonderful. I want us to do that. And then I'm going to pray for them after we've done our offering. But I want us to do something interesting today. I want you to speak to your offering. Now, some of us have already sent our offering digitally and stuff like that. You can still speak to it. I want you just to take a moment and tell it what it's supposed to do for you. Yes, you love the Lord and you're giving because you love the Lord, but for today, I also want you to speak to it and tell it what it's supposed to bring back. I don't know if you speak to it while seated, while doing a somersault, it's up to you. But I'm giving you a minute to do so. At this point, I want you to speak to your offering. Father, you have said in your word that by without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must come believing that he is and that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Lord, I come now believing that you are and that you reward those who are faithful. You have said it in your word that the Lord is unwilling to do without the lord loves he prizes above all other things and is unwilling to do without a cheerful prompt to do it giver 
You have said that in your word and I believe it. You have said it in your word and I believe it. Therefore, I come believing and the following is what I come believing for. Pray. Now in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, with these baskets being symbolic of every amount that has come even through our digital means and across all the branches, I stand as a man of God and I bless the people. Our Lord, particularly I speak a blessing over their finances. Let it be unheard of that anyone here is searching for a job and they're unemployed. Let it be unheard of that someone is being paid below what the input that they're putting in. So there's an upscaling in people's economic lives. Let it be unheard of that someone starts a business and it fails. Let it be unheard of that somehow doesn't, someone doesn't have the capacity to start a business. I declare people's capacity is being stretched. It's being enlarged. Let it be unheard of. Let it be unheard of amongst us that someone just didn't have the money for school fees. Let it be unheard of that someone didn't have money for living. That someone didn't have money to settle. That someone didn't have money for marriage. That someone didn't have money to bless others. Let it be unheard of. In the name of Jesus. Now, Lord, you gave a prophetic word to me through my man of God about captains of industry. Today it is fulfilled. In the name of Jesus, it is fulfilled today. There is an upscaling. There is an upscaling. The Lord is able to make all grace abound that we may all, under all circumstances, be able to live well, to be self-sustained, you are being moved to a place of self-sustenance where you don't need anyone. And it's happening fast. It's not going to wait for you to graduate. It's not going to wait for you to have more experience. It's happening fast. Where under all circumstances, you're able to sustain yourself and you are furnished enough to, to fulfill purpose. I declare the amount of money that you need to fulfill purpose, it comes to you. In the name of Jesus, this blessing translates financially. As a ministry, now we are blessed. As an organization, we are able to do things we could only dream of. As an individual, you are blessed. You are able to do projects you could only imagine. Projects you could only dream of. You are able to do them. And you touch with your hand that which you imagined in your heart. In the name of Jesus, I declare such favor with men. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together. Men are bringing into your bosom. I decree and declare unfortunate circumstances that, that challenge finances. Circumstances of, of, of accidents. Circumstances of things being missing. Circumstances of things being stolen. I bring those things to an end now in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. 
in Jesus name good measure pressed down shaken together comes to your bosom your capacity has stretched your capacity has increased your income has increased your life has increased in Jesus name amen is there anyone here before we close the service who is not born again Perhaps there are certain things in your life that are not right with God and you'd like that to change today. If that's the case, raise your hand very quickly. I'll give you a minute. Just raise your hand quickly. There's, I, I see that hand. Anybody else? Just raise your hand. Raise your hand. I see that hand there. Anybody else who just wants to make things right with God today? Raise your hand, please. Raise your hand. So those who've raised their hands, just stand. Just stand. Stand, stand please. And just come to the Now say after me, say, Lord Jesus, I believe you are the son of God. I confess you as my Lord. And from this day, I'm born again. Amen. Congratulations, guys. Congrats. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, receive the Holy Spirit name of Jesus, receive the Holy Spirit. You laugh. In Jesus' name, laughter comes to your life. No more crying. In the name of Jesus, laughter comes to your life. And their mouths are filled with laughter. Laughter comes to your life. That's the word of the Lord to you.